0: I'm still figuring out Zoom. I'm doing it. All right. So welcome back to Poems and Whiskey. Uh, Tonight I have Dean. Now, Dean, uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, where they can find you? Uh,
1: So I am Dean D. Monick, and I am a cosplaying male impersonator who focuses primarily on Jensen and his many characters as well as many appearance outfits. Um, (laughs) I'm local to Minneapolis, uh, the Twin Cities, and I travel around to many different cons and events. And, um, yeah. Yeah. How did you,
0: like, get started in the impersonation drag, like, performance? Was it, like, a shoot-off from... Like high school? Were you a theater kid that never grew out of it? Or like how'd you get there?
1: Um, funny thing is like I did do theater but I was all behind the scenes. I did everything from student directing and stage management set design, set painting costuming makeup, hair everything that made it happen but yeah. literally not being on stage Yeah, yeah, yeah So I had tons of background in creating and bringing ideas to life. But then I had never really been much of a theater performer, but then I eventually did find my way to performing. Before drag, I've been doing haunt performing. I started doing haunted houses and street performing. Then I went to like exotic animal and sideshow performing and doing my own stuff with that. And then I went to the Renaissance and I was performing at the Renaissance for several years as like a street character. In many different forms, so I have a lot of experience interacting with people in very in-the-moment kind of theatrical experiences on the fly. And then I was introduced to drag through both my uh, husband and uh, uh, Spikey Van Dyke through Facebook. And then I went and saw local shows that we had here in Minneapolis and was just really hooked and saw that drag performer, especially the drag kings, were these really like strong performers. Yeah. And it was something that was really intriguing me. And at around that same time was when I had just finished my first go through of Supernatural. And then me and my <laughs> husband were starting to watch it together. So I didn't know what to do on stage in drag. So I'm like, well, he does Eye of the Tiger. I could at least mimic that and go from there. So it was just a starting point to me where it was like, this is something I could copy and then build on it. And it was such a positive reaction. And at that point I was starting to find more of the fandom and find Destiel stuff and find fan fiction, which I've always been a really big fandom person. So it was nice to find another fandom. So, Supernatural and drag and cosplay all kind of became one for me because I I had never cosplayed before and while I've been performing that was my first time doing drag and impersonating like a, a man or just anybody yeah and it all became one kind of conglomerate lump of thing that it's very difficult <laughs> for me to separate it's just one solid piece of art for me yeah and it just kind of kept going. And I started drag in 2017. Oh,
0: and so really recently I, then.
1: Well, yeah. I say really recently, it's 2023. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I've been performing for a long time, but this was just the next step in that. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd been watching Supernatural since like end of 2015, 2016, and just kind of kept going with it. I'm like, I'm going to keep doing this until it no longer interests me until there's no more creative things to do until it becomes boring until it becomes redundant until it does not serve me anymore i'm going to keep doing this yeah
2: and here i am
1: now (laughs) many years later now impersonating jensen on many different things he does (laughs) so i did not start watching supernatural saying one day i'm gonna be that man (laughs) like those funny things.
0: <laughs> uh, a following your bliss sort of thing, right?
1: Yeah. I'm just another nerdy part of our fandom. Just mm. a different offshoot. It's, it was really fun because at the last con I went, to, so I popped into Charlotte. And there was a bunch of right. other fandom content creators there like um, Mal Muses. Yeah. Baas, Mandela Rose.
0: Um, like a good John chunk Mary's. of like, fandom names are through there, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was really amazing because my art is weird because I'm not drawing, I'm not doing fan fiction. I'm creating stories via myself. So everybody's used to what I look like. Yeah. But out in the rest of the fandom, we know a lot of people via their names and their pen yeah. Name, yeah. That it's, it's great to meet them and then finally be able to have a name to a face. And when I'm reading their work that I love so much, that I can be like, oh my gosh, like this is a person I have now met. I know what they look like, and I got to interact with another content creator, and that was just so, so fun to be around so many other creators.
0: That's really cool. I la- I really liked that last one you did with the blue suit. That was really fucking cool. Really fucking cool. That
1: one was, that one was fun. I had to wait on that one for a while, because I had to ask Jensen what belt and shoes that he was wearing in it, because there yeah. was only one photo, and you couldn't see him in that. So... There was, it was at a con, and I think Jared had called on me, and I said, I was like, Jensen, what color would a bounced shoes this
2: <laughs> And like, everybody
1: laughed at first, and like, I'm like, he gets it, he knows, and it actually turned into a really yeah. cool conversation of him talking about photo shoots, and what that one was like, and what happens during them and all that so it was it was fun and it was just because i'm like i need to know this one really stupid specific piece of information that only matters to me <laughs> but it is a beautiful suit so. it
0: is a beautiful suit and I'm yeah. a little bit jealous of that suit not gonna lie it's a beautiful <laughs> yeah. uh, for, the, for those who haven't seen it it's like this beautiful white linen right not white blue linen. it's a very light blue yeah very light blue like a robin's blue type type gorgeous fucking suit. Uh, if you're on my Instagram, I've shared it a couple times, but you can find um, on Instagram like Shapeshifter of the Twin Cities, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Shapeshifter of the Twin Cities, and there's dots between Shapeshifter the and then Twin Cities. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: yeah. It that's a pain to type out, man. I know. <laughs> I know. I think I just do that at some point. Well, I, uh, I, I did something similar with the with the podcast page, and that's that's a pain. That's why I just give everybody the fucking link tree because I'm not typing that shit out. I can you copy don't and paste think stuff. about it at a time.
1: No, you you're, don't. You're just making an Instagram <laughs> thinking nothing's gonna happen with it. All sudden now you're having to give it to people, and you're like, mother fuck, this is stupid. I did <laughs> why do you take it like that out? this? <laughs> Man, I'm, I mean, I tell you, when I sat down to do this and start doing drag, it really was just kind of like, hey, this is another avenue of theater and performing to explore. Yeah. And at that time, I didn't really think a lot about my gender. I was just kind of like female you know, presenting and no real words to put to it yet. I knew yeah, I, yeah. like I have been I've been openly aced for a long time. But I was just kind of floating. And then I was doing this and realizing that I'm like, I like just being this way. So it definitely kind of helped shift things more. But also it was just so... It was such a cool thing to start exploring and seeing where it led now has been really... It's been a weird journey. (laughs) 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 I can relate. Uh, So do,
0: do you think, like, the show... It itself had an impact on your um, quote unquote gender journey?
1: I think obviously yeah because I did start doing drag via Dean Winchester yeah, and then kind of kept going along that route of being realizing that there was a lot of elements about how he presented and how the world viewed him with yeah. a lot of how I felt how I wanted to be seen and viewed and how I wanted to present myself so while I'm not I come across to a lot of people as like a trans man mm-hmm. or trans masculine, which I'm not. I'm agender, so I like no gen, no gender, no nothing, no no sex drive. Only <laughs> art. That's the end. Oh yeah, my gender I, is art. My, my gender is literally art. <laughs> so like to present very masculinely, things that we view in society, clothing-wise, as very heavy traditional masculine, I realize that is things I really like.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah. Felt comfortable in were before when I was kind of on the other end of. I don't want to say only female presenting, but I want to say like just living as a woman because that's just kind of what I knew. You, right, right, right. I, I dressed very, very like pin up and femme because I felt like almost that was what was expected of me. Yeah, yeah. I've done that. Yeah, so I, I did that. Like, <laughs> and, and looking in the mirror, being like, if I don't like how I look. But I don't like feeling like I'm a weird doll. That can't move. Yes, yes. It's like, well, objectively,
0: I have done a very good job on this costume.
1: Well, and I I think for me, it wasn't even that I didn't feel me about it. It was more of just I I felt vulnerable to the world around me Mm -hmm. in a way where it's like, I can't do anything to help myself in this manner. And I don't like feeling that way. Where dressing just even as Dean, I was like, I feel capable now. And I don't Uh feel on guard. I don't feel on edge. I feel that I could react to things in the proper way. And I think that's what started leading me towards realizing, like, I like this heavy masculine stuff because it's almost like their clothing is like almost like armor. Yeah. And it was a really interesting way to start going that way. But then understanding, too, I'm like, well, I still don't feel like I want to be a man and I still don't feel any of that. I just want to be viewed that way. And I want to feel that that is what I'm putting that energy out. Wait,
0: didn't you say that you'd given Jensen a book of something? I'd only caught yeah. like a little bit of that story completely at, at, the, uh, at the party. Like, explain that again, because I missed most of it.
1: <laughs> so I know that like, you're not using the video for anything, but you can no, see no, it. I can see it. So, oh, uh, that looks so good. Look, and this is... Four years of work of these photo set projects of telling untold stories of supernatural ah. and creating them in ways where they look very indistinguishable indistinguishable from screenshots from the show. And it starts out with a very um, fourth wall breaking photo set of actually like the photo I sent you. Yeah, the three. So yeah. that is me sitting down with Dean Winchester and Jensen at my bar and being like, all right, are you guys ready for this type of thing? So, um, <laughs> and kind of launching into the initial oh, entire so story cool. of all of this. And I've worked with, on this with several different artists throughout the years. And it was a process that kind of started as a coping mechanism after my husband died. Oh, shit. And I just kept working and creating and doing things. And that was kind of, this was the accumulation of four years of like grieving and coping and learning to kind of live again and function. And for me, this was kind of what kept me going for all of that. And then I, when it was all done and completed, I gifted it to Jensen. So there's only two copies of this. I actually completely destroyed the the file that was it was for so it's my copy and then what? his copy
0: why did you why did you destroy it though
1: because this was only meant for me and him
0: uh uh-huh. i
1: make i make my art because i enjoy making my art and then i give it to jensen i hope he likes what i do <laughs> if it doesn't, my stuff is still valid and it's still good and i still make it for me and then everybody else is tertiary but that book in what it is in that form is only meant for he and I. Yeah. So, like, I still have the photos and everything, but, like, what this completed whole book is with everything that's in there, it's, like, that stuff that's speaking directly to him at times. So, he and I talked about it at the brewery at yeah. one point. We were chatting at the end of the bar, and I was, like, you know, after we were chatting a bit, I was, like, you know, hey what you, do you do with the book?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He says,
1: well, you know, I have it. He's like, I got a whole bunch of bins at home because I get a lot of stuff from, from people. Right, he's like, right, you, know, right. you. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you got storage you. And he's like, but Daniil got me these bins because we're going to be moving soon. We wanted a bigger place.
0: Yeah.
1: And makes me wonder if it's that place in you know, Connecticut. that Yeah, they yeah, yeah. About
0: with, the, with the haunted but, fucking basement, yeah.
1: Exactly. But um, he's like, I have a... He's like, I have all these tubs that everything in these tubs is going into like, a room in there that's going to be my man camp. And I was like, man camp? I'm like, like a man cave? Like, yeah. I'm like, sir. Man Camp, so, everybody's pitching tents. And he's like, yeah. So I'm like, okay. No, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, That's what went over his head. And he's like, that book is in one of those tubs. So when we move, it's going into that room.
0: Can you talk about the level of like, what touched you about the show and Jensen and, and getting through all that, that helped you get through the grief that you'd gone through like what is it that helped pull you along with it
1: well part of it was it was something that my husband and I both kind of started together when we moved into the place that like I live in now we had moved in here together and it was a place that was like really positive and healing for us and we were watching Supernatural and it was something that we both liked and he was really like all about Castiel and Misha and I Mm. liked You know, Dean, and this and that stuff. And it was something we just shared. He also saw and believed in Destiel, and it was, you know, just a positive thing for us. And then we were going to go to the con here in 2018. It was the last one they were having here in Minnesota. Right. And we were going to go. And I'm like, I'm not a con goer, which is funny now, because... don't actually enjoy conventions i like creation cons because they're very business and they're very to the point and i like yes. that yes i don't like party cons i didn't go to the cons here i didn't cosplay i i did renaissance and performing
0: right right So yeah. i
1: was like okay you know let's go it'd be cool to meet him you know yada 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 i've been doing the drag at that point and my husband was really supportive of it he loved that i did it he was all about it for him he was very much he didn't he wasn't he didn't care a whole lot about gender with people. He was a pretty just easygoing guy. And so we we decided to go. I bought him a Castiel photo op like for Christmas. And I took a video of him opening it and he was just like, "Oh my god, like I'm going to have a photo with like, Castiel." And he was he was very fanboy. <laughs> and that was Christmas 2017, and then in August 2018 he died. Shit. Yeah, and it was very, very sudden. It was a very complicated passing of falling off the bandwagon of, like, uh, he was um, a recovering alcoholic. And his first big slip-up was, unfortunately, his last. Oh. And um, that was two weeks before our season of Renaissance was supposed to start. We both worked out there. I performed he was security it's where we met it's where he proposed to me it's where all of our family was so i personally at that point was just going through the motions of what our life was and what we're supposed to do right we had gotten married just the two of us on the beach and we actually planned a vow renewal in september after the con with all of our friends that we had built together over the four years and so we had this whole like we were going to do a Dean Castiel wedding thing with all of our friends and everybody. And that was supposed to happen in September after the supernatural yeah. con. It was a whole thing. And I was just like, in my mind where I was going as I was working Renaissance, going to the con, bringing his ashes out to Key West where we got married. And then that was it. I wasn't planning to be around anymore by okay. his first birthday in December. Yeah. And I was pretty actively on that path of right. just kind of checking things off the box.
2: Right, right.
1: And basically, I worked out at Renaissance in the weekend. And during the week, I was just here alone with certain people stopping by, just pretty much left to my own devices. And I, all I did was stay up in my room and watch Supernatural and wait till the next weekend when I had to go do Renaissance and kind of perform as being alive when people would stop by. Yeah. So I was year alone like there was nobody around for anything and then i went to the con i wasn't planning to do any cosplays i was just going to go and fulfill things like right i was going to bring you remember the uh misha rock god shirt yes he had just gotten that and he was gonna wear it in his photo op with Misha, because also Misha had just done the punk rock thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: When I saw that, I thought some—I thought it was my husband because Ratchet actually looked just like Misha. And he did like the fake piercings and everything like that. So I was like, oh my gosh, Ratchet, Misha looks like you. And he's like, what? So I was like, you have to do that for there because you, like, you look, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him at all on my Facebook or Instagram or anything, but he looks just like Misha in Castiel, he was gonna wear that, yeah. and he kept wearing it because it was one of his. It was like his favorite shirt he got, and I was like, "You're gonna wear that out before you even get to wear <laughs> Because he was also a mechanic, a that kind of guy, and that ended up being the shirt he passed away in. Oh shit! So I brought that shirt to do a photo op with Misha. and when I went to the con, I think it was like. Saturday because that was when Jared and Jensen only came on Sunday, yeah, so I think it was Saturday, and I went just as like myself and I brought the pit the shirt to Misha and he ended up pulling me aside and asking me about it and asking about ratchet yeah and then when I was walking around like the merchant the merch area, there were people there who Knew who I was because I had only started my Dean Demonic account about three months before he died. Um, so I had a teeny tiny bit of an online group. There's a small amount of my Facebook who've been there since the beginning. So they were there like even through Ratchet Dying. Right. And so there were people there who were kind of already waiting. Having that kind of support from people who were just online stuff was like very solidifying yeah. for me. A lot fandoms and con fandoms in particular what they were for me and it just kind of went on from there and so there was just so much support that I ended up doing cosplay during the weekend and ended up like winning the cosplay contest in one of them and just having a lot of real positivity for something that had nothing to do with what was going on in my life Yeah, not not just being labeled the lot, right
2: right
1: but then every time I saw Misha he was very like embracing and very attentive but then when I saw Jensen the first time on Sunday I went in like Eye of the Tiger Dean because that's all I was kind of doing at that time
2: right
1: and went and did like pretty stereotypical Eye of the Tiger pose thing with him and he I mean like he was really nice and warm and right then I went and like kind of like went about my way and then I went and had a picture with him and Jared and I had changed out of everything and I was just myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: and with him and Jared he turned and looked at me and said do you have any other costumes that you're doing today I don't know why right but just, I've had a lot of people like friends so many close people who dragged me and that especially in the beginning they couldn't pick it out Jensen saw me once, and then I went back as myself, no makeup, normal hair, dressed differently, and he was just like, "Still, I saw what you did earlier, and there's something else." And right. I actually did. I was being Priestly, and, and I was just like, "Yeah, I do." And he's like, "Okay, you know, good." And then I like changed into Priestly and went and did autos with him. Yeah, I was having him sign a banner that him and uh, both him and Nisha signed, and it was what we were going to have hanging up at our vow renewal, yeah. and it is a big picture of during like pride right before I went on stage for an event he and I were just behind like the gay bar he was in cast and I was in like Dean and I just like turned and kissed him on a cheek and it's like kind of a selfie picture but it just had a quality to it that always come to me and we only have like three pictures three or four pictures of me and him as being in cast there's not many yeah. at all that's why there's no Castiel in my art I don't work with any other Castiel yeah so I they signed that but then I was just I didn't really have anything to say to him but I think it was along the line of just you know thank you for being here and he's like I need to interrupt you and ask he said do you have a group of people helping you today doing your hair and your makeup and your costume changes and I said no you know it's just me So at this point I would like changing to Priestly right and he said okay (laughs) well then you're killing it shit And when I went and saw Misha, I asked him if I could show him a video. And he said, yeah. And I showed him the video of my husband opening the Castiel Christmas gift thing. Yeah. And he wrote like a really nice note for me inside of Ratchet's Castiel Coach. So up until then, I was planning on just checking things off the boxes and that was it. December gone. I went home and I bought a con another gold pass for a year from now, from then in um, Washington, D.C. Misha honed in on the stuff with my husband, but Jensen focused on just how I was as an artist. Mm -hmm. And it was such a moment of normalcy as well to be recognized for something that I was doing that was just such a saving thing for me. And so, yeah. throughout grieving, I have, where Jensen kind of goes at events things, like I went to the King Bacchus parade. Yeah. It's been little things that are goals that help me be not at my house, not walling up and forcing me to go out right. and interact and keep trying and have almost like little challenges that I had to do that kept me moving forward. And how I always viewed it was like, Dean dragged me forward. Jensen walked beside me, and at some point I can walk on my own, And that's kind of where I'm at now. And that's what the book was, where the only way I could say thank you was through art, and an appreciation of his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's yeah. a lot of supernatural stories like that.
0: <laughs> there are! Um, that oh, God. But, see, that's, um, that's something that's really fucking amazing about... Um... This particular fandom, I've noticed, it's extremely w- welcoming and supportive. It's
1: it reminds me a bit how the fandom functions, a little bit like how the um, Friendship is Magic MLP was functioning at its height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with BronyCon, like um, frickin' Bronies react and just. Yeah. How the creators talk back to the fandom. If there's a lot of similarities.
0: Yeah. Well where they're actually open and welcoming and understand that it's a give and take process and not just like from on high. It is a give and take.
1: There's supernatural fans and fandom. Neither are bad, neither is wrong. They're different. Fans yes. are people who are watching, enjoying. They might go to a con, You're right, maybe. Right, right they buy merch at Hot Topic when they see it. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And they're they're a part. And then there's fandom, which fandom are the creators. Fandom are the ones, like, on Etsy, on yeah. Tumblr, on fanfiction sites, creating merch at cons, the ones who are fueling it and giving yeah. it life. Yeah. So.
0: They're the one like, the, the creation of the community around it is really... I think I've made some of the best connections through through fandom after um after my uh marriage dissolved and the whole and covid and everything I ended up getting back into supernatural and caught up on everything and um I'd say like my first like real friends that I made outside that were just my friends came from the fandom um just through Tumblr and then branching out, you know, a few others, like getting to know Mandy. The only reason I know Mandy is through the fandom. The only reason I know you is through fandom. Like, it's it's I'm very grateful and I have a hard time articulating
1: (laughs) that gratitude. I get to have friends from all around the world. That I get to connect with one central thing on, and that's what I always tell people about supernatural fandoms. I'm like other, I'm like I'm not saying other cons are bad, no. But no. until you go to a con that is specific to one thing, you're not going to get it because when you go to a supernatural con, we're all there for the same reason. Yeah, there's other stuff that spreads out after that, but we are all there because we all love the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And there, there's something about like
0: the core, like the story itself, like art that's made with intention and with love just grows and grows <laughs> and grows. It finds something and it finds a place in people and um, it compels you to to make it part of yourself. To put yourself into it. And it's really the most beautiful thing.
1: Well, I think that's why people resonate a lot with my photo sets is because they came from a very genuine place yeah. and they, If I was creating a happy thing, it was because I was creating a happy thing I wanted to create for Dean Winchester. If I was exploring a sad thing, I was exploring a sad thing for Dean, but using a lot of my own emotions for it. Sometimes I use Dean to tell my own story. Sometimes I told a story for Dean that he could not tell. Right, And it was just, all of it was very genuine because for me, I'm like, I can't write fan fiction in the exact manner I would like to write fan fiction. I'm great at shorts. I'm great at props. I'm not great at huge multi-chapter, heavily nuanced, you know, (laughs) here's A, point one, two, and three. I'm like, I'm done at A, two. Moving on. (laughs) like I'm good at long term projects I'm not good at long extensive projects like that I'm good at like this is this one thing bang it out cool plan for the next yeah and but also like we have amazing fan artists and I can't draw on the level I want to draw so this is my fan art right this is me creating what I want to create if I could draw it out or if I could write that more if I could write it as an actual fan fiction the way I would like to but it's just that's all it is it's just fan art yeah, and we only make fan art because we love it. That's literally it.
0: Yep, it's literally based on love.
1: Yeah, it's like there's no other reason for it. We're not getting paid for this shit.
0: <laughs> True.
1: There's no other reason to make it. I spent so much money. <laughs> yeah,
0: on that, like, so on on the on the linen suit and the soldier boy costume alone. I mean, I can't even imagine. The, the fucking I have a room
1: that. I have a room it's like <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how big is our room I think it's like 9 by 16 or something and that's my drag room <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's all like because I have like almost every single Dean Winchester outfit that's like an actual look and outfit I right. have this like very specific basic wear I have some of his basic wear that's a bit more, like, stand out. Like, there was two times in season 15 that he's never done ever before. He wore a yellow flannel. And I was like... Oh, my God! And then um, I have all of his, like, little looks, his little outfits yep that's why i always say this is why dean winchester can never come out of the closet it's the biggest one in the entire supernatural universe <laughs> he has so many outfits
0: all of his little costumes all of his little costumes <laughs> that's why he, can't, he can't get out of the closet it's so big <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> he has at least two military guards at least at least yeah uh, i uh i went and found myself a purple flannel that's uh yeah. a lot like in the diner scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could not found that found that purple flannel like that's that's mine. That's happening.
1: I used to have a beautiful bisexual colored flannel that I used in a shoot about bisexual men being valid and then I got too big for it so I gave it to one of my friends but it was like a beautiful like that's pink that is true. That is true.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, And I just recently uh, got uh, the same brand of coat. That's uh, John's John's coat from the from the first seasons. Mm. The leather jacket got uh, the same brand and and cut of it. It's not as like distressed or anything, but it's the same cut. And uh, I tell you that. I That coat is so fucking cool. It's nowhere near cold enough in Texas for me to ever wear a jacket like that, but um, I got it anyway.
1: I didn't like it on Dean. I liked the idea of it, but the problem yeah. was is it was so big. Yes, yes. I'm like, why is this, like, giant coat on him? And it just <laughs> swallowed him up. And when it... I, I was fine with it going... Because it just didn't flatter him enough. No it did that's not make him imposing and it really, really like it made him look very young. But then when we got the when we got the utility jacket, yeah. That was a very good look for him. Yeah. And it's a distinct jacket. And that's what I've always told people about being Winchester's cosplays. I'm like, it's easy. But if you don't get the details right, you're just a fucking guy. Yeah, you're just some guy. Some Uh, fucking guy. So Dean is Dean because he (laughs) has looked almost exactly the same from beginning to end. Yes. And that is a military style high and tight of various lengths depending on the season. He wears an open, you know, work shirt. No stripes, but mostly solid, sometimes flat. yeah. Solid shirt, whatever is the popular men's style of jeans of the era. <laughs> you know, it it, it varies.
0: <laughs> like for the, for the, for for those who are listening who don't know the when 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 Dean finally switched over when his costuming finally switched over to um to skinny jeans from the from the flared uh, boot cut. Uh, everybody just lost their damn minds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Until we found out later in the boys that Jensen has no butt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that uh, ass like Amazon.
0: Please. That that equation lied. That equation lied. Jensen Atlas.
1: <laughs> like oh, but, but then back to the Dean design, you know, and then he has the, the military jacket mm-hmm. and then the very specific longer boots. Yes, goddamn those longer boots. boots. They don't make them anymore. Like, but you can still find. They don't exactly have to be that exact brand, right? right. But you just a good logger boot. Because my favorite pair of Dean boots that look the best aren't even that same brand. Yeah, the ones that I have of that same brand, I personally don't like how they look on film. Mm-hmm. I think they look. They come out looking too red because mm-hmm. in the show they they did that heavy blue filter and yeah, yeah, yeah. The filter. But And then by the time we were kind of not using that as much anymore, his boots were so beat the fuck up. But just any good logger boot with a big, thick heel is going to be fine as yeah. long as you're kind of not black, because that's soldier boy. Yep. Same boot, not yep. black. And then as long as you don't get too much past like a redwood red, then you're good. But people will do Dean, not have the hairstyle. Yeah. Have the shirt doing... I've had a buttoned-up shirt, and I wanted to be like... No, just, <laughs> and then I've seen a ton of shoes. So it's like, like no, Dean is in the details. Yeah, get all the details right. It's going to look amazing. But if you don't, you're just some guy.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is true.
1: Uh, the name of that fic,
0: by the way, is sometimes you have to lose to win. Okay, but it was just uh, reading it, just like unlocked all these doors in my head that I'd, you know, previously suppressed the fuck out of. And
1: <laughs> I was like, well, all right, here we are. Mm-hmm. I think I just always flow with things and for me it was almost a matter of learning lingo mm. and vocabulary. Because I don't think I ever exactly felt like I was hiding, which I think I'm always like, no, I'm not trans or a trans man or anything right. because I've always just been like, I feel like this. Okay. Oh, look, a word. Oh, that's what that means?
0: Right, okay, that's right, said, right.
1: Like, That's how I went about learning about like asexuality and realizing, I'm like, oh, I'm ace. And then when I started doing drag and just becoming a part of the drag and queer community, you just start to learn more. Right. So then learning, there are people who are I'm like, I just kind of don't feel like anything. And I'm like, huh.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, same. I also just don't feel like anything. Yep. And I've never had like a negative feeling about my body other than just kind of wanting to be more muscular Mm. and wanting to have a bit more of a male build, but I stripped for a really long time, so I kind of couldn't go that route.
0: Right, right, right.
1: (laughs) But not having, not feeling the need to have like a top surgery, not, I, I do... Do testosterone, but that's more because I wanted to change my voice and I wanted to change how I had muscle mass on my body. Yep, that was kind yep. of it. And other than that, I'm just like, all right, cool. I always
0: felt, you know, like non-binary, and I had different words for it from you know from beginning to end. But um, as far as like presentation and, and names and any of that, that didn't strike until after I didn't have to perform a person anymore. And like perform a particular role and who I was supposed to be in this story. I don't know. It 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 just everything just sort of opened up, and I didn't like all the words that I'd heard before, but hadn't necessarily applied because I assumed that well, you know, that can't that can't be me. You just sort of blow over it. You don't think about it again till till much later, and it's uh, literally you know it's a psychic two by four taking you down. But uh, yeah, it just. I don't know what it was about it, like the the internalized homophobia or or what, but it just started uh I, I melted down for <laughs> about a month, and uh everything like snowballed from there. now I didn't have to pretend to do anything anymore. I could just be who felt right to begin with and finding what that was and allowing myself to even want it and recognize that it was good and viable and a true thing uh that was pretty fantastic and just recently i had one of those aha moments because um, in school i was the one of those goth kids right and uh like this is like uh this, this is your late 90s kids late 90s where like goth in school was a was a big thing a big scary thing and um i i loved it because it was it was art yeah it was art exactly
1: for me, a lot of mine, and I, like, I'm like, i fine of what my transformation was being what it was, because that's a part of my life. Right. It was a trauma response and a survival tactic yeah. where I've never been very attached to how I've looked. I've always shifted to whatever is going to suit me best. Yeah. And this was after my husband died, um, it was learning how to exist and function in the world on my own and I I had my old legal name mm-hmm. and I but mm-hmm. I actually was going by a different name and that was like who my husband knew me as and I had been right. that for eight years and uh, my name was Ami and I I chose Ami for me and I was gonna get it changed just never kind of really got around to it so it was still right. my old legal name and I hated my legal name and I always did
0: right I so know.
1: and I was just, I went by Ami. Right. And that's how like my husband knew me. That's how everybody knew me. And then after when my husband died though, I felt like she died. So for me, it was a bit of a process of kind of losing that and almost being in between where I'm like, I don't think I can keep being Ami. And then I feel very sad because I liked being her and I liked who she was. And then Funny stiff was when COVID happened because then I stopped interacting with people and I was only interacting with people online. And right. all of my online interaction was through Dean demonic page. And so I was having people just literally only refer to me as Dean. Dean. Yeah. And I had people a while back ask me if I was ever going to legally change my name, and I said no. I like being Ami. I have Ami who is me, and I have Dean who is on stage. Like, I'm not, Dean is not who I am. Right. That was before my husband died, and right. I don't know if I would have kept going down that path, but this is the path that I went down, because that's how what happened. But I had actually started a new job, and they called me Ami, and I actually had a weird panic. Yeah. And was like, I am not that person anymore, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had been kind of messing around with, like, the idea of being Dean, but still feeling very weird about it because it wasn't what I had set out to be. Yes. At all. It was just a stage character, but then it kind of became a lot more, and it also just became what people just called me. Yeah. And so then I went down the road of legally changing my name to Dean, and I took Ami as a middle name in remembrance of what I lost. And I still kept my last name because I like my last name. So I kind of accidentally became Dean. And it's even sometimes something that I get, like, really almost, like, embarrassed talking about because it wasn't exactly a choice. Yeah. I didn't exactly choose to name myself after Dean Winchester. It was a character name. It was a protector thing that happened from a traumatic event in my life that I had to learn to I had to cope with in some way. Yeah. And doing all this stuff was just the way it did. And I like to think of it now as how some people might name their child after their brother or, you know, people name people after things that they like. And I'm like, what? Re-? And it made me start to think, I'm like, what really is wrong with people choosing name of a character that they like? Because they've also proven that our brains can't tell the difference between the feelings it makes for characters on TV and real people. Yes. I'm like, what difference does it make if it's a, character on TV, the only what matters is what they did for you in your life. And for me, I'm like, well, this is what saved me, and this is apparently what my name is now. So, I had my legal name, I had the name I chose, which was Ami, and then I have it, I feel like it was the name I was given.
0: which is See, that is... That's really interesting the way you phrase that. That the, it was the name that you were given. You go into a whole new phase, and, and a name's given to you.
1: Whether, well, and it's a name that works really well for what I want to do in my life. That's and, true. <laughs> so I'm like I'm non-binary, and I'm a part of a queer community. There are many different types of queer people. Yes, and some are louder than others in how they visually present to the world. And yes. And then there are some who are not. Yeah. 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 You know, and I am one that when I want to choose to, I am, but when I want to not, I don't. Right. There is a bit of a reality. I take into account that I travel a lot across the country. I go into a lot of very rural areas. I go to a lot of truck stops. I want to one day be a trucker. I'm not somebody who wants to, and just, even just by myself, I don't flag super queer.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay having a name that's just kind of Dean. Yeah. And it's, and it's normal. And it just is mellow. And it just is what it is. And that's kind of how I like to be in normal life, too. And it's, there was a bit of doing the Dean Winchester drag and being out on stage and having a lot of people, especially in the beginning, being like, you can't do drag in street clothes. You can't do theater drag. You can't do drag without rhinestones. You can't do drag in just jeans and a flannel. And I'm like, right. you can do, you can be wearing the most rhinestone things and the most expensive wig and you can still be boring as fuck. And I can <laughs> out there in jeans and denim and, you know, a flannel and make you cry. Yep. I'm like, and plus... This is what the character looks like. And if you pay attention, everything is very specific and everything is very deliberate. Just because it's not sparkly doesn't mean it's still not specific. But it also showed me that I'm like, I really like that aesthetic even in my normal life. I don't have to be as loud in my clothing as I used to feel that I had to be. I can just kind of be mellow and chill. And I feel really good in that clothing. And it's nice. So it's nice to just kind of be mellow and chill and... I like that about all the Dean Winchester vibe.
0: Yeah, yeah, I had that same sort of uh, revelation. The, one of the first times I'd gone out and uh, I'd made a habit of stopping at the bookstore after my doctor's appointment, cause that was my treat. I would go grab uh, some uh, like used poetry books and then uh, Uber home. But um, the first time I'd gone out and I was just in regular clothes, flannel, but there was just, I had no, there was no self-consciousness at all. I went in, got what I wanted, and there was no thought. There was no fear. There was no worry. And that was beautiful,
1: but bizarre. It
0: was just this release of
1: pretension. I don't always like to be observed, which is very funny for everything that I do. Well,
0: see, but this is—you get to choose it, though. Like, you choose when you are observed. You are cho- you choose when to be perceived.
1: Yeah, except for having a bright yellow mohawk. Well, okay, but that is also a choice. <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, I like this color, but I wish it wasn't so bright. <laughs> I wish people didn't make. Co- I just wish people didn't make comments up, I'm like, yes. It is a bright color. Thank you. Yeah, I realized that.
0: I, I I did it. Yes. I did it. I, w- I was there when it happened. Like, I promise. you like,
1: yep, it is so bright. Thanks. <laughs> what's really funny is, even though I like doing the cosplay, I don't like doing it for the attention it causes. Yeah. I find that all very stressful. It is
0: bizarre, isn't it? Not that I'm like anything, but like just that level of attention is...
1: Well, and I'm used to it on some levels, but I'm used to it in different ways because when I'm performing, but that's also kind of like when I'm on and I'm being paid and I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it was also a bit diverted for me because a lot of my performing revolved around animals or a full costume that you can't perceive me in. Right. So... They're commenting on the costume and the character, and it's not me. Where with cosplay, like it's me, not me. Because yeah. even though they're liking the cosplay, it is still directly onto me. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it, it can be a lot. Like, I think the worst time was when I went to New Orleans in the Bacchus Parade, one, or the King Bacchus in 2021. And I was just coming up the elevator, like, just kind of whatever, you know, kind of mad at myself for forgetting the custom mask. I was supposed to go with the outfit that I had rhinestone and had to wear a dumb, just black one. And I had my backpack because my friends thought I could keep it at their booth. And I'm just kind of like standing there. I come up the stairs and start walking. And there's a huge line of people to go into the auditorium, which I just do not understand why people do that. It doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Yep, Yep. Yep. Some people will literally wait in line all day to go into the auditorium for like the J two panel.
0: Yeah, no no thanks. That's no. not that's that's not my scene.
1: I don't wanna do that. No. So but um I was just walking and people start applauding and clapping, and it's this <laughs> long ride that I have to keep walking next to because there's nowhere else to go. It's <laughs> just a long time I'm like, this is my And I was like stupid because like, I like have a dumb backpack and all this, and I'm just standing. I'm like, that's me alone
0: <laughs> Need to get you like an incognito, like. Get yourself
1: oh, a cap and some sunglasses. Fuck. And I just have to keep walking along the line to get to where I needed to go. And I'm just like, stop! <laughs> stop looking <laughs> at me! <laughs> I'm better at it now, but it's almost kind of like how Jensen used to be when he would first start playing at conventions and yeah. singing and stuff. Where like it's all, like, okay, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh... Yeah, but I always say I do what I do at the con because I just want to show off to Jensen and do whatever nonsense that we do back and forth. Yeah. And everybody else, I just I just accept and deal with it. Yes, if you look like this, people want to talk to you. I'm like I know, but it's stressful. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, yeah, that's um you can you can keep that. That's uh, I'm gonna let you you can have all that.
1: Yeah. Mm-mm. Those things, like, just like I don't hate it, I don't just like it, it's just stressful. Yeah, I don't know what people want from me because I'm like,
0: I'm just a fan, just yeah, just, just, just someone else.
1: I'm just somebody putting more levels of like time, dedication, skill, money into cosplay than what y'all are used to. Yeah, like that's it, they're just not used to uh, uh-huh. like, and I'm not even a high level cosplayer, I'm just. Good in this very specific niche.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's the that's, that's supernatural fandom from top to bottom, to be honest. Yeah. Like,
1: but it's just not something the supernatural fandom and the conventions are used to seeing. That's true. Also supernatural cosplays by nature are very easy. Yes. Because <laughs> they're clothes. Yes. Because <laughs> they're just clothes, yeah. Because they're clothes. But I think a lot of it comes from being a renaissance performer and everything we do has to be very specific because not only does it have to be as period accurate as it can be, it also has to be truly functional and real for doing what we're doing out there. So everything I do is very functional and real and everything I do is very specific. So it just looks, I just do things at a bit more of a more like, I'm just a bit more obsessed than everyone
0: else. <laughs> well, so that's, that's a good segue. Thank you for that. Cause I suck at them. so like, <laughs> what, what do you think? If there is any, and there's no right or wrong answer. So don't, so don't worry about it. But what, what is the difference? If there is one between like desire, motivation, and like obsession.
1: Um, I think, desire and motivation are separate from obsession. I think obsession can be matched up with passion mm-hmm. and I think they can very easily be separate and they can very easily be interwoven and they can very easily have passion become obsession. Um, I think like desire and motivation desire is where things begin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to want to do something. Everybody wants something. Everybody wants to do things. That's fair. Yeah. Motivation is how, you know, is how much fuel do you got to get to where you want to go. Yeah. So I'm a very motivated person, especially through the type of type of thing of what I'm getting through this. Like, I'm not a money motivated person. I've worked in. Clearly. Buildings. I mean, <laughs> like, this isn't a paying gig. So. No. And like, I'm motivated to make money because I get to do this stuff. Without this stuff, I'm not a very motivated person because I make what I need. Yeah. And for me, I'm very motivated to get this stuff done because it's not money-based. It's purely, like, serotonin reward-based. I've kind of learned recently that doing this stuff through Supernatural fandom, through my photo sets, through the cons, through the stuff with Jensen, is kind of the whole idea of healing your inner child.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I've actually only just thought about this over the last couple of days from coming back from Charlotte. It's a pretty new revelation. It's not something I think about a whole lot. After every con, I kind of have to like sit by myself, listen to music, get a little high and cry and process everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, like,
0: like what the fuck happened and how you felt about it yep. and yeah, yep. yeah. That's why I normally drive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> normally drive, not normally fly. Flying home from Charlotte, I was crying a little bit in the airport like a crazy person. (laughs) Anyway, so for me, I'm incredibly motivated because like I said, this is kind of healing my inner child. Well, when I was a kid, I wanted to, I wanted to have a lot of friends. I wanted people to like me and want me around. I wanted people to like play with me and like do imaginative stuff. And I wanted to dress up and wear costumes. And I wanted a big brother, older figure who protected me and supported me. Ding. Look at that. Yep. Got,
0: yep. got Jensen.
1: Got Jensen in that role. I have friends who, like, I have people in my community who want to create with me. And I bring people in and I get to have them explore other areas of cosplay. Where, like, I got my, my buddy on my new Soldier Boy project. He does Butcher. Yeah. And he do it from a con side where he would go have group pictures with people, you know, do con stuff, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. Right. I'm doing stuff on a different side. And so I brought him in to do my photo sets with me. And he's like, you know, it's been really great being able to explore the character, being able to play and become immersed and do that. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. I want people to come in and play with me. Yeah. And so that's what I do with that. And then I go to cons and I have people who are looking forward to seeing me and people who are excited to see what I'm doing and, you know, becoming somewhat well-known through the cons community and con circuit, and then i get to wear cool fun outfits that look real good yeah and i have a superhero suit now so i'm like hey there you go (laughs) so Uh, for me that is all very motivating because that hits all those marks right so no i feel like you're very motivated if you have a goal in mind right if you're somebody willing to work towards that some people aren't very motivated not very driven for things But there was also something, a little while ago I saw something, I can't remember exactly where I saw it, but I've had it a lot with the Soldier Boy Project where my Dean Winchester book was driven by pure passion, just about emotion, grief, grieving, loss, love, you know, wanting to express so much that it was just a constant fueling, like it did not stop. Right. And it was easy because of that. Soldier Boy is different. The ideas are still there. But this isn't driven by anything emotional. Right. It's driven to that. create. And sometimes it's like, I don't want to create today. I don't want to sit down and paint this stupid costume that just like, what if you did a cartoon Soldier Boy? And I'm like, a cartoon Soldier Boy. A cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> but also, deadlines. You got to yeah. get it done. These projects don't finish if I don't do them. There's nobody pushing me forward. So right. that yeah. is like... You got to keep yourself motivated too. motivation doesn't just happen, right? You have to keep fueling it. So how do you, how do
0: you keep fueling it then? How do you keep fueling that inspiration to motivation?
1: Just knowing it's not going to get done by anybody else, but me, Mm. there is nobody else. I'm, I'm the one with the idea in my head. I'm the one who wants to bring it to life. I have people to help me. But ain't no one going to do it for me. And the only way Jensen sees it is if I give it to him. Yeah. And then that is how I get more positive shit from him. is by continuously coming back to him with something new, with something that is up the ante, with something that surprises him. And it's continuously outdoing myself every time I see him. How did, uh, was that, was
0: the linen suit the surprise that you had for Jensen? See, I, I Aww. catch, I catch things on Facebook, like, every once in a while. I'm not really there. No, but, like, no. I want to, then
1: I want to know then. Tell, what was the, what was the surprise? Because <laughs> like, if you know, but other people know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something, like, depending on how it proceeds will, how it will be, how it's aired. It's kind of something that tinges at a bit of a... I struggle with my art on feeling that it is incredibly narcissistic Uh, because it is all photos and because also I come from a drag world and drag and burlesque is also about very loud self-branding. It's -hmm. just how we are. It's how you get noticed by each other. It's how that world functions. And I bring that into the supernatural community and especially into like the fandom world. And sometimes it's kind of loud. So there's sometimes there's things I do with the branding that it is specific because while I'm not trying to build a following, I'm not trying to become a professional cosplayer. I'm not trying to become an influencer. I'm not trying to do this professionally. I do not fucking want that. Right. But having a brand is also part of where I come from and where all this started for me.
0: Right.
1: It came from... A loud, sparkly, vibrant world. And I bring that into my cosplay and I bring that into the conventions. But also, it's something that when I bring it to Jensen, I am self conscious about because I don't, it's not a means of wanting him to be promoting and I don't want him to see it as that. It's more of like, this is just a piece of myself from a different world.
0: Right. Hmm. So
1: I sometimes, like, when I gave him some stickers last time, it was all like being demonic stickers and stuff like that. And right. it's very much like, I have these for you if you want them. Right. So I try very hard with my interactions with him to never do anything that like puts him on the spot, backs him into a corner, puts him into a position yeah. of his handler having to step in. Yeah. Type of thing. So I'm very I try to be very self conscious and very self aware about what i'm doing that it's very like chill right and open-ended yeah with interactions between he and i yeah
0: that makes it making it more about the the art of it than anything else yeah
1: Because that's how i view him like he's a muse
0: yeah yeah uh okay i came across a, a quote today uh that was like apt to everything that um and it starts that with poetry, of course, because that that's that's my main wheelhouse. But I think it's applicable to anything that that pushes us to to do anything beyond ourselves to create something. And that uh, that poetry's true subject is the spirit. That's uh, Kim adenzio I'm sorry if I said it wrong, folks. I'm not going to Google it. But like it, that, it's the the true subject of what you're doing is spirit, and not necessarily the thing itself and why we create anything to begin with is to inhabit that that spirit form
1: yeah i mean i literally just create because stuff jensen does inspires me to create right i never i have learned through some drag performances and things that anything i try to push doesn't work yeah anything that comes to me I nurture it and foster it and see where it goes and then go from there and I still have like Dean Winchester stories and things like that that are like going on kind of in the background there's still things that like I'm working on and creating and want to do so for me it's like the inspiration is still there the ideas are still there and I just like to do it the same way anybody else likes to tell any other type of story through any other form of artistry this just happens to be mine who knew of all the years i've been performing with like doing several other very impressive things that this would be it impersonating this one fucking guy <laughs> oh i guess this is it for me y'all i was built to do this <laughs> but you know i think
0: that's um i think that's the way uh inspiration finds us to begin with like it isn't something you necessarily have a choice in it. It, no. it takes you by the short hairs and it shakes you until you listen.
1: And, <laughs> and it hurts a whole lot more if you fight it. So oh, people are like, Oh, you have a choice. If you do that, I'm like, I really don't. No, like no. it haunts me. You do not yeah. understand. Like, this is a willing creation. This is like <laughs> mad creation in a cave where we're being possessed and you're just trying to get rid of
0: these demonic images. Oh God. So the fact that you brought up being possessed. So like I watched a um I watched a documentary in one of those little short documentaries on Netflix about um Robert Johnson, right? And there was this um it, this thing that he he would do from that he'd been taught that in order to play the blues that he would have to go to the cemetery at night and that the spirits the spirits would teach him and tell him how to play the blues I mean like this whole idea of this spirit of creation or like inspiration coming in this form of something otherworldly outside of ourselves that we that we make ourselves conduit for and that's really—I have found, in my personal opinion, that the, th- the elements, the, the creations that do that touch us and keep us creating. Any of the stories that also touch on that same sort of, like, incandescent <laughs> sort of feeling that you have to keep going, you move forward with that spirit of of creation and inspiration—
1: one, well, I for a while was kind of using the mantra like you have to carry on yep. you have to always keep fighting and you have to keep moving forward Yep. and that's what I did for like a really long time and throughout all of it it was like Supernatural like Destiel Jensen you know and like up until meeting him I didn't really care like have too much interest in Jensen per se outside of like Dean. yeah and wasn't expecting anything of the interactions. And every time I see him, I've just always been like, I don't expect anything. I just go there and I see him and whatever he does is whatever he does. And every time he's chosen to interact with me in some way and I just kind of keep going with it. <laughs> and I feel, that it's a, I feel like it's a pretty good give and take and it works for me for right now. I'm like, hey, this is working for me. <laughs>
0: are you going to be at the uh, family reunion party for next year? I mean, I know mm-hmm. it's like we don't really have like a date date, but like...
1: They said it'll be in April again. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I plan on doing that. I do plan on being at the Austin uh, Con too, although oh. at the Jensen photo ops are already
0: all sold out. Yes, they are. Um, I plan on being at that one. Um, for-
1: if I had known that the photo ops were already sold out, I would not have because I also did not get like a good gold seat. Oh yeah. So this one, that one, that con I might do something different. So I, I think I already grabbed like I think I already grabbed a J J2M and maybe a Jensen Misha and I think I'm gonna grab a Jared and Jensen and mm-hmm. just be like, all right, well I guess this is the con of the group shot. Yeah. And maybe I can be able to snag a Jensen at some point if someone's selling or I can go down early morning, who knows?
0: Yeah. But
1: I think because that one is gonna be a little weird, I'm gonna do something a little different, and I'm looking at putting together a soldier boy Mandalorian kit.
0: Oh that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. That's a possibility. I'm hopefully 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 I'll get to I should be able to get to go. It's one of those things that I've decided that uh, the cons... Because I like the first one I went to so much that um, just the whole vibe is very, very good. Like, for, like the fans are mostly good and the creation people are actually really good. Um, I love the creation people. Yep. Um, and I like the the organization of it all. And also, it's smaller. Like, it's yep. not... It's not like the big comic cons. This is only about supernatural. So there's parking.
1: Yep. <laughs> there's yeah, parking. Also a lot and, of, like, uh, people aren't just drunk and, you know, yeah. it's not a party con. Yeah. So I'm considering, like, if there's cons in 2025 and we keep doing this, there's a possibility I look at Mike doing, like, trying to go to every con to really start kind of jumping around I know next year I am going to Germany I'm going to Purgatory Con for General. Oh, hell
0: yeah!
1: hell yeah so starting to kind of expand out
0: that's really fucking cool you're oh, gonna yeah. love Germany I say like I've been there but like you're gonna love I'm, Germany I'm,
1: uh, I'm, a, I'm a little I'm a little worried I'm a little nervous but it'll it'll be it'll be an experience
0: <laughs> right. Dean uh, thank you for being on, I think that you you're really awesome and um, a, a wonderful addition to this uh, project on inspiration that I've cobbled together.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me. It was definitely great to it was, it was great meeting you in the first place, and thank definitely you. great to be able to connect and, and chat and uh, get a little bit more in on our supernatural experiences and things like <laughs> there's that there's so much more there's just so it's much so more hard.
0: but uh yeah. it, this is a good place to stop all right all right i'll tell everybody one more time where they can find you um etc uh
1: you can find me on twitter i post a lot of my con photos there which is uh those are always a good time so a uh, dean demonic on twitter uh, i post most like all of my art on my facebook which is Mm -hmm. dean demonic and demonic is a d apostrophe m-o-n-i-c i I have my instagram the shapeshifter of the twin cities which is shapeshifter dot the dot twin cities it's a pain in the ass but it's there (laughs) There is also
0: a tiktok where i do
1: a little bit of nonsense all right so have a dean demonic tiktok I'll make sure to link everything,
0: everything in the show notes. All right. That brings us out. Thank you for another stellar episode of Poems and Whiskey. And um, everybody, I hope you have a good night. Thank you,
1: Dean. Thank you very much. Good Good night. Bye.